Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Dylan to my Dutch. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I feel like uh, locking arms in a show of our masculine, uh, masculine united nature. And our and our very own Blaine. That's right. He's a god dang sexual tyrannosaurus. Right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing, man? You're back. Well, I, uh, I'm spitting out the giant wad of red man just for you guys. Eric, I uh, I, I cut a jo- I cut a joke last week. I actually edited it out where I said you got the, the bubonic plague. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> Why'd you cut that out? That's great. I don't I don't know. I, I was like I was like, man, does he really want me to put him on blast like that and let everyone know he got the bubonic plague? I did. I did get COVID, and I was. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think you got the bubonic plague. Dude. I was blaming Kevin because he had it a few weeks ago when we were. And I and I was licking the microphone like David yes. Lee Roth. <laughs> And it went through. It went through the internet. Yes. <laughs> hey, I don't. We don't know. Eric got a computer virus do. from me. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. The worst dad joke. Okay. That was All the right. Best dad joke. So this is. We are finally in the season where we can actually um, do news. I'm so excited. Seahawk I, I, talk. I had to like pare it down because like I was like, there's just there's like 15 things that are more exciting than anything I've done in weeks. So let's start with the one day contracts, uh, one day contract KJ, Wright. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad K- you started with this. K- KJ, Wright Signed a one day contract. And you know what? Usually I make fun of these, but then I saw him crying in the picture that they posted on Twitter. Yes. And I was like, Oh, well, it really means a lot to him. That's, that's nice. I, li- I like that. So, so, I mean, I still think it's kind of dumb because nobody's going to think, KJ Wright, legendary Las Las Vegas Raider. Well, except knuckleheads like us who always refer to uh, Seahawks legend Jerry Rice. Yeah, <laughs> but but aside from people that are intentionally being stupid, yes. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, it was cool that he got so uh, emotional about it. I thought that was like really really nice. And uh, yeah, KJ said during his uh, his you know, talk afterwards. He said he wants to serve this organization, but he was very clear, not in coaching. Yeah. So, what does that mean? So, like, uh, I think, I think he's on the GM path. I think he wants to work in the front office. He wants to be like, uh, he'll probably start out as like a, like a head scout of one of the regions or something, a head scout in some way, and then work his way up the GM path, which is, I think really cool. And it's a KJ. good fit for him too. Uh, yeah. he, like whenever you get interviews with him, uh, him and Cliff are two people who, it was always really interesting because everyone talks about Sherm, but those are two people. It's really interesting to see them break down like a defensive play or something. Yeah. And they, they, they have a good, they have a way of like recognizing untapped talent and then like kind of working with it, which I think is really, really, uh, really useful in a position like that. Right. Like they have, uh, they have that ability that, that untapped talent uh, yeah. breakdown ability. So I think that's cool. I, I think that'll be cool. Like if he, Ends up, you know, if one day we're looking at assistant GM KJ Wright repl- uh, eventually replacing uh, John Schneider as he ages out of the role, that would be that'd be neat. That'd, that'd be, be cool crazy. to me. That'd be awesome. Uh, uh, there was that was not the only one day contract though, Eric. Oh, we're gonna get to the. You want to say the biggest one for last? Yeah, I had to say the biggest one for last. Jr. Sweezy. <laughs> this okay. <laughs> this is what I had to stop on because I heard this. Like, I got to interject here. KJ Wright signs a one day contract. I I'm feeling bad because of covid but my immediate thought is oh it sucks nathan's not going to cover this because nathan hates one day contracts and uh but we love kj maybe we will and then i saw jr sweezy and i was like nathan is going to gloss over this and i'm going to come in so hard with the nathan (laughs) you didn't cover one day contracts because this one is a puzzler (laughs) so 
when we signed the deal, it wasn't announced as a one day contract right away. And so trick it into the discord. <laughs> so the discord, I'm like, oh, Sweezy signed the one day contract to retire with the team. Cause I thought he was going to do like that. Doesn't make the roster out of, uh, out of fall camp thing. Yeah. No, no, no. It really was. And I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> you, you unintentionally broke news. And then you ate the news. legend. J.R. Sweezy. <laughs> yeah. Call back to your Jerry Rice comment. Like, did he guy... talk about how he wanted to stick around with the franchise and play a certain role? <laughs> Yeah, well, did he walk in with KJ Wright and they just printed him a contract and were like, oh, I, he was here. I thought you wanted it. Maybe it was uh, uh, print one, get one free at Kinko's. There you go. And so they're like, hey, 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 JR, we don't want to waste this. I, I don't understand. Like, J- I don't. They want to make sure the think... Hall of Fame bust would be a Seahawks one. I I don't like think. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think J- of JR Sweezy and then just think like, man, what a. What a legendary Seahawk. Like, how old is he? Like 33? Like, he's not even like that. He played it's for other even... teams. Can we can we sign Max Unger to a to a one-day I mean, contract? He played on two other teams. It's like I I don't know. It just it, it feels like KJ played his whole I mean, KJ's also like 33, but he played all but like one year with the Seahawks. He played Jared a decade with the Seahawks. He, he played like five seasons with the Seahawks and then like two with Arizona and one at Tampa Bay. It's I don't know. It's it's it, you know what? I guess they really he must have had a bigger impact on the organization than I thought. Uh, hey, this sure. is the one defensive line convert that actually worked. We need to commemorate that in some way. <laughs> well, there was another one contract, a 1095 day contract. <laughs> DK, DK Metcalf signed I would a 1000, but it would blow the mic out. That was a, DK Metcalf was a signed a one, a 1095 day contract for 72 million, 58.2 <laughs> million guaranteed. They got the job done. Him, AJ Brown, uh, Debo Samuel. And who was one other guy? McLaurin, right? Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin. They all basically Scary signed. Terry. They all basically signed the exact same contract. Except uh, as AJ Brown will eagerly point out, one team was too cheap and had to trade them away. <laughs> correct. Uh, AJ Brown said, uh, "Yeah, we all got the same contract, but I'm the problem," which I think is a very, <laughs> which is a very fair thing to say, actually, uh, in his position. Yeah, as he fair as it pro- is, hilarious. Uh, good still, for the Eagles. Still biting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still biting on the Titans. Yeah, Titan Titans. Uh, I don't know. AJ Brown also said, I'm the greatest wide receiver in Tennessee history. And I was like looking at their history of wide receivers and I was like, you can kind of make this argument. (laughs) It's not, it's not as crazy as it sounds on, on first blush. Cause it's not a great history of Tennessee Titans wide receivers. Well, when he said that he was like, hold on, Eddie George was a running back, right? Yep. Okay. I'm the best of all time. (laughs) All right. Mason hit uh, more in Baltimore than he did in Tennessee. Uh, Dyson couldn't make it over the goal line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thigpen was split time with uh, uh, Pittsburgh. It's it's not it's not a great. It's a, not a, great a really reasonable claim. <laughs> At least like yeah, it's not as crazy wise. as it. It's not as crazy <laughs> as it sounds. I mean, he's definitely the most talented. Uh, impact in the uniform, you can make that argument. But anyway, DK back to DK. DK signs for three years. He'll be a free agent again when he's twenty-seven. So he'll probably be looking for one more like three-ish year contract at that point. And he'll get it. So this is exciting. It's exciting that DK is uh, probably going to spend the prime of his career in a Seahawks uniform. And it's uh, too bad that we don't have anyone to throw him the ball this year. (laughs) Beg to differ. Reports out of training camp, sir. Yeah, the the all the O for tens uh, in the in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, if they would put the correct quarterback with the number ones for those red zone reps, I mean, they put him with the. 
they 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 have been putting Drew Locke with the number one receivers, but the number two offensive line. It's very strange what they're what they're doing. Uh, just put Drew Locke with the ones. We all know it's happening already. They're getting us ready. They're doing the all the Drew Locke is winning hey, the camp battle stuff is coming out. They did not sign Geno Smith just to you know they didn't sign him for nothing. They want to make it appear to Geno Smith that they still care and that he still has a chance. They care about his feelings. That's why we signed him. When he there's only that battle if, well you know just ask mm-hmm. him. everyone knows why i was gonna say if you yeah, ask if drew lock wins the camp battle we all know why it was gino according to gino smith <laughs> <laughs> at least gino smith will think it was because of racism but but everyone else will know it's because we know who gino smith is he's like 33 years old Stop. It's, it, we know who most you are, importantly he, he had four opportunities last year to prove that he was the starter right he's if got they an went, extended if they look with three franchises if, is, if he went three and one in those four games last year, uh, there's no way he's not the starter right now. People are just like all in on Geno Smith, but he just couldn't get the job done. That's all right. Uh, you know, I've, we're not trying to win too many games this year. I don't I wouldn't think, but we'll see what happens. Always compete. Uh, we all love the DK contract, though, right? It's great. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think anyone can argue with this. Like it's it's exactly the market value, right? <laughs> he didn't we didn't have to like overpay him or anything. It also means uh, we is, keep him. That's, that's he's in our He's going to play his is pretty much his entire prime in the uniform. Uh, he's awesome. He's working with guys after practice. You see him working with guys after practice. He's starting to take on more of a leadership role. Um, I think it was Tariq Woolen was the video that I think Matty Brown posted with him and Tariq Woolen kind of working on stuff after practice. That's a guy who needs to soak up as much information as possible. Yeah, that so was great. cool. He was showing him how to uh, do uh, like like how to do press coverage. That yeah, was a, like, that was a nice little video. He's like arm fight like this, not like this. Because <laughs> like, like, and if you you know, DK is a good guy who's getting good at getting out of the out of the press, so he's gonna know what what stuff's gonna work against him, right? Uh, all right, Russell Wilson cringe is back. You guys ready? <laughs> did you, did you see like this? Never left. <laughs> did you see this tweet with this tr- truck? First, let's talk about the truck. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you, yeah, go ahead and talk about the truck. No, no, tell me about the truck, Eric. Go. <laughs> My question is: I've met Russell Wilson. Dude's way bigger than you think he is. Is it? Is there he's, a chance he's, that he's shrunk? thicker? <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's thicker. thicker, and he's a little—he's not as short as you think, despite you know being what five, ten, five nine, oh, five ten, five but, eleven. Yeah, man, did, is he? Was that like an edit with Kevin Hart's body? Because that truck—I <laughs> don't know how big the lanes in Colorado are, but that thing is like, like that's the Canyon Batmobile that Batman. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kevin. That's, it's like the Batmobile that Batman uses to take back the city. One, one thing too is that that truck is, is that truck is made for one thing: going in the mud. And I guarantee you, it's never been there. And you can <laughs> tell by the way that there wasn't a single drip of anything on that. Like I love so how he, he's got the uh, the off wheel road up top and the roof rack. Like he's ready for Mad Max to start. He's just he's just trying to he's just trying to make sure that yeah if if, if things go really bad if the zombie apocalypse hits he can get back home to Ciara. He wants to, four interceptions. He wants to be able to hightail it out of the parking lot. He wants to be able to get to work starting in the middle of October until the end of the season because he is in Colorado now. It is it is so he is just so weird and also okay how about this in that picture same picture he's wearing his own jersey. You ever seen uh, <laughs> you ever seen someone you ever seen someone wear their own jersey outside of the game? 
Well, I mean, he hasn't found anyone to do a jersey swap with yet. <laughs> Jerry what Judy. Did you, Jerry you think Judy he did one with Jerry no. Judy after practice? Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, I Russ, had one I'm more good. joke about the truck. Uh, he saw how it went for Eric Burns pedaling his bicycle out of town. He was like, nah, I got to get something more powerful than that. <laughs> Dude, this truck, this truck thing bothers me so much. It's so stupid. I, I don't know. Like, and then he he made that tweet. He said, if you see, if you see, if I text you a phone, it means I'm dialed in. And it's like, and then I think the response in the in the Discord was we we, we decided if I text you corn, it means Russell Wilson's tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, come on. And Drew Locke even threw shade at Russell Wilson. He said they asked him, Do you, you been working with DK in the offseason? And he said, Yeah, but I'm not the guy out here trying to post on social media about it. Let everyone know how hard I'm working, which is just a direct <laughs> shot at Russ, because Russ said wow. Russ said, I'm I'm the kind of guy you tell me how hard to work, I'll work four times as hard. Just a, just a stupid That's thing what to I say. thought you were going to bring up was all of Russ's. Oh, like he's going to do things three times. You know what I like more is if you, whatever. If you look on the uh, back of the truck, there's actually a step stool strapped to the side of it, so he can get in. Kevin, yes. he can afford the mechanical lift. Come on. I'm just saying it's clearly a step stool strapped to the side of it, so he can oh. get in his own truck. Yeah, he, he, he is, is, he is for sure. This guy is the worst. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like at some point, okay. This I said this in this quarter. And I think at some point he went from like Carlton Banks, like that dorky guy you know who wears a Hawaiian shirt tucked in, and it's like endearing because he's such a dork. And now he's like desperately trying to be cool and like really wants to promote his brand, and it's like dorky, and he's still that same dork that wore the Hawaiian shirt tucked in. So it just makes everything he does hurt my bones so bad and then now that he's not on my team i feel like i'm less blind to it like i think it's been like this since he said mr unlimited but i was just like willing to shut my brain off and accept it because he was good at football <laughs> right and i'm still not gonna say he's bad he's good at football bro and anybody who's trying to tell you like oh well it's good that we lost russ he's not that good anyway they're no that's not the case he is very good at football i just think like man i i how did i uh how did i not I mean, we made fun of it on this podcast with the, like, Seahawks, we got a deal. It was the, the pin it to win it. The pin talk last year was, was when oh, we had enough. Wait, what about when he was on the field doing the run, game run through with his cast on? Oh. When he did a pretend 95-yard drive, like. Talking to himself the whole time? Yeah. Uh, everything he does is just, it's, it, it's God, getting it worse hurts. than age and it's going it to be really he funny wants... when he retires here or, you know, has his Jersey retired and we all find our favorite corny moments and we're going to have a we're lot not gonna, to pick. From. I don't think his Jersey is going to get retired, dude. I think you like so far, every Jersey that got retired, those guys played every game in the, in the Seahawks uniform. Yeah. I think it's Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Ring of Honor, dude. No, yeah, that's that's probably you're right. You're right, Ring of Honor. I think I don't think I don't. I think guys are going to be allowed to wear three for the rest of their lives. I don't. Uh, which whatever. Okay, the defense. So far, camp, the biggest camp story has been the defense. The defense is dominating. Chetan Nwosu looks good. Uh, Daryl Taylor looks good. Uh, everyone looks good. Uh, oh, Kobe Bryant looks good. Um, Michael Sean Duggar will not stop tweeting about how good uh, Kobe Bryant looks. And I mean, if he says it, I believe it because like that guy's uh, probably our best beat writer. So yeah, the the yeah, it's just I don't know. Like the the, the defense looks great. They're dominating. They're they're shutting out the the offenses over and over in the red zone. So I just want to know, camp hype. What's your favorite camp hype story uh, so far? this offseason now i can go first if you guys need like a second to just like pull your thoughts together uh unless one of you guys are ready no yeah go ahead yeah my my friend is deep my favorite so far is the dk got a fight with daryl taylor yeah because it's 
it's a throwback to like the 2013 teams where like those teams were, you know, Sherm says it like a lot. Iron sharpens iron. You know, those guys, those teams went after each other and the always compete attitude needs an edge to it. And I think over the last like four or five years, that edge was not there. There was the always the, the competition was there, but there was just it was no edge. Right. It was like felt like there was now there's it's a bunch of young guys. There's a lot of open camp competitions. There's guys that can win any spot and we're seeing guys go after each other. And uh, I like that. I want, I want to see that kind of level of intensity rise up because even if I don't, I mean, good, this happens on good teams. Uh, just, uh, Josh Allen got in a fight with one of his, uh, one of his defensive linemen and like (laughs) good, good teams. This is what happens. Like good teams are fired up. They're passionate. They're, they're out there killing it. I, it leads me to believe that this team, even if they are not good, will be competitive the whole season, which is all I can really ask for with what has happened with losing our franchise franchise quarterback is if this team is competitive this year and they put in, you know, they go they go six and 11, but every game is pretty close or they only get blown out like twice. I'll be super happy with that because, you know, it, it will show we're on the right path. We're making a we're making it in the right direction. And all we need to do is just drop in a drop in a good young quarterback uh, to, to get good. So. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, either you guys ready? All right, Eric, I got uh, two that yeah. I'm really interested in, so I'll let you go ahead and take this in case you take one of them. Then I know I have another. I don't have a ton of stuff on camp except for it, as Nathan already alluded to. Kobe Bryant. This is like one of the guys that I've been looking at since we got him, and I was like, I think Kobe Bryant is going to be really good for our team. And he's just he's having a really outstanding camp. <clears throat> there seems to be a lot of like positive tweeting about him, but. Also, if you look at now, Drew Locke is, uh, you know, going up against him as the number one D or the number, I guess, 1.5 D, um, even though he isn't getting the offensive line. Uh, but uh, Kobe Kobe Bryant showing a lot of football IQ out there. Um, I feel like he's, it's almost like he's stepping in on that pre-leadership it's, role. I love I that. Think, I feel like Kobe Bryant, Eric, I think it's a good point to make because Kobe Bryant, like he he won the Jim Thorpe award as the nation's top defensive back. And then in this draft process, his teammate was the guy, right? Like sauce Gardner was the guy and everyone just kind of slept on Kobe. And then he went super early too, which is, I mean, he was already going to be top 10, but then he went super early. So Kobe Bryant picks picked 109. Like there's gotta be a mountain size chip on this guy's shoulder. Right. And I think you're seeing that on the on the training camp field right now. Sounds like a right. Seahawk chip on his shoulder. He's making plays. He's also like he's not just making good tackles. He's making good plays. He's breaking up balls. He's getting to the to the receiver before the ball is there. It's football IQ. And I don't know. I don't want to watch any more camp. I just want to watch Kobe Bryant camp. Yeah, dude, I mean, talk about being able to play inside outside. What he broke up a, a pass to our six yeah. foot seven tight end over the middle. Like that's ooh. That's nice. He's like the he's like just such a prototypical like Seahawks receiver. He creates turnovers. Okay, creates a lot of turnovers. He's competitive. He's tough. He can come up and tackle in the run game. Like these are just traits of Seahawks uh, cornerbacks, right? And somehow we found this guy at one hundred and nine, and he's probably going to end up starting the season as a starter. Like it's just it it really is um it's a really incredible rise for Kobe Bryant. And maybe he won't quite make it there, right? It does seem like we have you know, three or four guys that are competing for two spots. And uh, maybe he doesn't quite make it to starter, but he's he's on track. He is definitely um, on that path. And that's just amazing. It's been really great to watch, Eric. I agree. All right, Kevin, what's your, what you got? All right. So um, I will say defensive backfield has been 
drawing my eye a lot. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen. Like I love uh, they post that. I thought, super I thought for sure you were going to pick Tariq Woolen. So I was like, I was like ready. I was, that was my, uh, my, my guess. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean Woolen real quick and then go to a different guy. That's, that's how this works because I always have to cheat, um, <laughs> cheat, cheat, cheat to get both. So that's uh, so uh, I love they put, uh, who was it who posted the super cut of Tariq Woolen? Like walking around with like nine different Seahawks Matt players. Uh, yeah, Matty Brown. So Matty Brown posted yeah. that, like uh, looking like Michael J. Fox in The Secret of My Success, where he's just like walking around with all these different people that are professionals and like taking little tips from each of them, taking notes. And that's really cool because the guy has every athletic tool that you would ever want. One thing interesting about the whole like trick one thing you can so you can watch the practices on YouTube, mm-hmm. but like they they private the videos like eight seconds after practice ends. So you have to watch them live. You cannot you cannot get away with, uh, oh, I'll just uh, I'll go to the channel and watch it later. Nope, that does not work. So that's it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer because like I'm watching the kids and I'm trying to watch. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to watch YouTube on my we'll phone. We'll see if they like, do it or not. But usually like, the Seahawks will do like a best of camp video super, at the end uh, yeah. of each week. They'll do like a super like cut. A, like a hype video, which is like not what I want. I want to see everything. You know what I mean? I yeah, like yeah. that that guy. So anyway, yeah. Go but ahead. the other what, guy that other I keep noticing in, uh, uh, we always mention uh, Man to Man podcast. Uh, Michael Sean Dugar does a great job, and one of the players I keep noticing in the notes, and a person I've seen a couple clips from, Ken Walker. Ken Walker, when the ball's in his hands, he is a threat to score every single time. Um, oh, uh, Locke hit him on a perfect wheel route and he took off for a touchdown. Oh, Gino dumped the ball off to him as the uh, safety valve when he was avoiding pressure and he made two guys miss Wait, and ran up for 12 years. You're, al- you're allowed to do that? It's I know, right? It's a whole new world. Um, So it's just, uh, what is it? Uh, thank you very much, Eric. I was hoping for that. <laughs> um, and so... Yeah, or, oh, he scored, uh, the quarterbacks didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he scored two touchdowns in the red zone drills um, running the ball, Ken Walker did. And so it's just kind of showing over and over again that he's the guy that we think he's going to be. He's the kind of person who's going to come in and he's going to receive his share of touches and he's going to be an impact player with them. Like uh, we talked about how Rashad Penny has a lot of trouble staying healthy, but Every time he touched the ball, he was a threat to score. He had that extra gear. He could make a guy miss. Ken Walker's the same way, but Penny, without the interest you're concerned right now. Penny's getting a little buzz, too. He's had a pretty good camp as well. I, I'm like, yeah, if we're a run first team, at least our running backs won't suck. Yep. <laughs> like, 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 that's that's just the that case. Helps. All right. You, you guys ready to go head to head with the oh, NFC South here? Also, LJ Collier's in the best shape of his life. Oh, God. Uh, I, I, I was hoping no one would say we, 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 we had read on last that. week. So uh, we got away, we got away with one as opposed to this week. If he was here this week, that's all, he would have covered up that whole segment with LJ Collier hype. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's go to the NFC South. The Falcons last year, we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. They went seven and 10, which I was, I had to like, look at it twice. I was like, they really went their point seven, differential also disagreed. Seven, seven <laughs> yeah. they went seven and ten. That's crazy. Okay, they added Marcus Mariota, Casey Hayward, Lorenzo Carter, and Rashawn Evans. They lost Matt Ryan, Foisade Elokun, uh, Russell Gage, and Josh Harris. Drafting Drake London, Arnold Ebikitti, and Troy Anderson. Seahawks connection. They are the home of Seahawks um, person. Jermaine Fetty. Ex Seahawk first round pick. Uh, sure. See, 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 I'm going to go with Seahawks person. Long time uh, Seahawks starter. Woof. Eric, Eric, how do you feel about the uh, the the old Falcons this year? Ooh, 
Well, I'm glad I started. <laughs> Not only do I get to start, I get to start strong. The Atlanta Falcons. You're back, buddy. Are my yeah, thank you. <laughs> welcome back. Here's the Falcons. Uh welcome Atlanta back, Falcons. Welcome back. Welcome back. They don't have the tenacity of Cotter's Afro. I couldn't remember. Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> What's the guy's actor's name? Oh well. Uh the the Falcons are my pick to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. This team is not good, and this team isn't really a team. Uh, they've got probably one of my least favorite quarterbacks in the league, uh, not Desmond Ritter, uh, Marcus Mariota as their quarterback for the first four games until he gets Gabe injured. Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the, the tenacity of Gabe Kaplan's hairdo. Uh, this team just sucks. They're awful. And now they have a Fetty <laughs> on the line. They are going to be so bad. Uh, name their weapons. Oh, wait. Why Why did Jake Matthews sign a three-year extension with this team? What is he doing? <laughs> like, I was like, I've, I looked at this so many times. I was like, okay, this team. Why do they still have Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews? Like, these are two old, good players who they could, you know, trade for picks or something. Because this team is... This team is bad. It's straight booty. And what everyone will say, if you look at any of the scouting reports of like, hey, what's their season going to be like? It's all Marcus Mariota. That's like the the superstar yeah. that they've got. And it's all blah, 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 above average quarterback if he can stay healthy. Or above yeah. 500. I was going to say, for, for all four games that he's a uh, Yeah, he's and if, healthy, he plays, if he plays 14 games this year, not only will I be just shocked, but I, I don't see them being 500. Disappointing, yeah, Mr. If, Cotter. If they if they play fourteen games, if he plays fourteen games this year, yeah, they might win like f- four or five of them. But he's not going to play fourteen games. We're gonna we're gonna get a healthy healthy uh, segment here of Desmond rookie Desmond Ritter, which is should be should be quite the adventure. The defense is like AJ Terrell, Grady Jarrett, and like guys. Casey Hayward's pretty solid. I don't know what he's doing here either. I guess these guys just want to be in Atlanta. They got like I think a lot uh, of people the, love the ATL. Uh, I do like yeah, some of their they got young that great, talent, though. The great wings at that strip club, right, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I like I'll, tell you, <laughs> I'll let you know that I had a little too much Gladys Knight's uh, chicken and waffles to go anywhere but to the bathroom after that. So nice try, Nathan. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo Carter came in from the Giants to replace uh, Dante Fowler. And I just wanted to say that because Dante Fowler is not good. And so Lorenzo uh, Carter can yeah, come in and this- replace him. If I had to describe this pass rush in a word, it would be non-existent. Um, I mean, what am I? Grady Jarrett will lead this team in sacks with like seven. Atlanta's pass rush is what national media thinks Seahawks pass rush is. It's it is. I do not even know what I do not know who creates pass rush for this team. Uh, The the wide receivers, it's nobody. They got nobody. I'm not a Brian Edwards truther. Drake London is. is, is I didn't like Drake London that much in the pre-draft, so this is it doesn't help that he has Mariota throwing to him. Cordero Patterson's like 33 years old. I keep saying people are 33 years old, but he's 31. But he's very old for a running back. They've definitely got some receiver. bodies. They've got some bodies. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe Tyler Williams or Tyler or Damian Williams or Tyler Algier will like really bump them up a level or anything. So yeah, Kyle Pitts. Good luck, dude. Have a fun season. I don't know. <laughs> if you bring back Calvin Ridley, if uh, you know, if gambling on sports and saying that your team is going to win while you're injured wasn't the worst thing a human being could possibly do outside of a football field if calvin ridley would have just ridley here if calvin ridley would have just sexually harassed 30 women he'd already be back (laughs) 
you know, I mean, priorities. Oh, we laugh because it hurts. Then you can slot uh, Brian Edwards in as the uh, slot receiver. And then you have Calvin Ridley and Drake Lund on the outside with Kyle Pitts as a threat from the tight end spot. And then like Brian Edwards slash Geronimo Allison. But you're- your quarterback is slot, still probably Desmond Ritter. Your quarterback's probably still Desmond Ritter. But I'm though. saying it's, like... it's Desmond Ritter throwing to a functional wide receiver core. Now Drake London and uh, second year Kyle Pitts have to be like the entire wide receiver core, and that's a lot to put on their shoulders. Even if you do think that Drake London's really good, rookie wide receivers don't normally succeed at a high rate. We've been spoiled the last few years. Even if you love Geronimo Allison, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, this team is is the big bad. I don't th- I don't think that Mariota plays very many games, like maybe two. That I'm like not joking about that prediction. By the way, I have the Falcons at a good old one in sixteen. Hmm. <laughs> Woof. I mean, I I don't know. They'll probably win more than one game, but like I really just but not a lot more. I didn't I didn't want to make any effort to find wins on the schedule for the Falcons. I'll just put it that way. I have them beating the Panthers in Week Eight, and that's it. So there you go. Uh, I have them playing the Panthers twice and coming out with two wins. It's Baker Mayfield disrespect. Two and 15. Sam Darnold disrespect. Thank you very much, (laughs) Kevin. Uh, I am very high on the Falcons. Uh, I like a number of their draft picks from this year. I think that it was correct time for a rebuild. Four and 13. Whoa. They're bad. bad. Okay. Carolina Panthers. They went five and 12 last year. Started off hot and then just faded into the... The, the shadow realm uh, added Austin Corbett, Xavier Woods, Johnny Hecker, and Damian Wilson. They lost Hassan Reddick, Stefan Gilmore, Daquan Jones, and Jermaine Carter. They drafted Iki Aquanwu, Matt Corral, Brandon Smith, Seahawks connection, Seahawks legend, uh, Baker Mayfield. Cause I heard all off season. He was on our team was, um, <laughs> okay. I found a real one. Okay. You're ready. You guys, you guys ready for this? Hmm. Uh, this is this is how hard it was. If you make us uh, there, more jokes, so help me. Fourth string <laughs> defensive end Frank Heron was on the Seattle Seahawks from September third, twenty eighteen, to September twelfth, twenty eighteen. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, nine Good days. Pull. All right, Kevin, what do you think about uh, Matt Matt Rule? Uh, I think that Matt Rule is a really good college coach. Um, him and Phil Snow are going to go somewhere and like make an ACC powerhouse. Uh, does probably it, after the season. Does it bother you when you look at this defensive roster though, and just think like, man, there's no way they get more than like nine wins out of this defensive roster, and it's so good. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I think bo- the whole team's pretty solid. I, that's I was I, in my head, I was like, oh man, their offensive line is pretty rough, right? I don't know, man. If Ikea Kwan is a serviceable left tackle, Brady Christensen's solid. Bradley Bozeman's not bad. Austin Corbett's decent. Taylor Moton's one of the better right tackles in the league. Like, they got a solid offensive line. They've got uh, three good receivers with more. Uh, Robbie Anderson has the capacity to be good. And Terrace Marshall is good if it's not the Darnold throwing to him. Uh, I get. I have I have such a strong strong take on this. So yeah, it's a great roster. I agree. I think yeah, I think it's a really like I think it's a really good roster. I think they need a secondary pass rusher to step up alongside Brian Burns, but like Matt and I just kind of gives you a little bit more interior pass rush, and that's not a bad thing. And they've got a couple of young kids who might be able to step up with uh, Gieter Grossmatos going into his second year, and uh, Bravion Roy and uh, Davion Nixon might be able to give a little bit more than they have been. I think it's um, really interesting. I think their defensive backfield 
especially if CJ Henderson could be anything at all for them is actually pretty solid. Uh, the issues I have mostly are like, I'm not really sure what puts their defense over the top. Uh, they it would be like, I think it's Brian Burns becoming like, cause he's, he's on the cusp. Right. right? And if he of, makes that being an absolute superstar, and if he can like make that jump from like very good, it's who was the other guy we talked about like this, um, where it's just he's almost one of the guys they talk about in the Rashawn Gary. It's like Rashawn Gary. Yeah. He's he's about to be one of those guys that is just like everyone talks about as one of the best guys in the league. Last year had nine sacks. He played good run defense. He's really good. If he can just like make the leap and get sixteen or seventeen sacks next year, like he's a star. He's on the cusp of superstardom. And if he makes the jump, man, the, the, this defense all of a sudden looks like real scary. Because the uh, other side of it is like they made some terrible trades for uh, quarterback and stuff. And so uh, like I did not like their draft. Uh, Ike Kwanu was a good pick. Mackerel, after you get Baker Mayfield, doesn't look like a good pick. Uh, no, Brandon Smith Mac- is a ball of traits that will probably end up being a special teams linebacker. Um, uh, the Matt Corral pick is like so indefensible. If you're if, in retrospect, after they have Baker Mayfield, it's such a bad after pick. getting Darnold, they've just spent so many assets on quarterback and are end up are going to end up using between zero and one of those. So uh, it, it's it's difficult. I I think that in free agency their roster building has been good, but in their draft it hasn't been, and in trades it's really questionable. And I don't know if Matt Rule can get out of the way of an NFL offense enough to make it be what it needs to be. Like um, he's the one who has to prove things I, after not working with Joe Brady. I, I kind of low key love their wide receivers too. Moore, Anderson, Marshall, Higgins. Like that's a nice top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with like Shy Smith kind of lurking too as a guy who uh, like a traits guy. Okay, here's my here's where they lost me though. Okay, I'm like in. I'm like looking at the roster and I'm like, oh yeah, Panthers. This looks all right, man. Like maybe the Panthers are the surprise team this year, right? Like the team because you know there's always one team that kind of sucked last year and then they just jump up and all of a sudden they're in the mix to win the division and they're actually kind of good. Maybe the Panthers will be the surprise team this year. Then Matt Rule, freaking Matt Rule. What do you know what he does? Hmm. He says. It's an open competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. I'm out. You gotta I'm be a politician here. You gotta I'm 100 percent out on that shit. <laughs> That's that, such no. a college football move. That's such a dumb thing to say. Like Baker Mayfield, when you traded for him and you had Sam, you already traded a lot of assets for Sam Darnold. You saw what he had last year. You traded for Baker Mayfield because he's the starter now. Okay. There's no there's no camp competition. Baker Mayfield is entering as the one. He, you could say something like, you know, Baker's Baker's our one right now. But, you know, if if he if Sam really, you know, brings it, he could he could win the job back or something like that. You can make it like an open competition, but give Baker Mayfield your your seal of approval. I'm just like so disappointed in this coaching staff and they have let me down at every impasse. And I'm not going to start suddenly believing in them now. Uh, Matt Rule should not be an NFL coach anymore. Whoever gets to take over this roster, well, it'll be nice for them because they'll have uh, they'll have like a nice you know, building blocks to try to, but you know, what's going to happen is all these guys are going to leave during in free agency. What's going to happen is Matt rule is going to go to college football and immediately coach a national title contender. And someone's going to come in here and there's going to be enough pieces on this roster left that they're going to be a contender right away. They they just need, they're going to need a quarterback still. And they're going to be, they're not bad enough to be picking at the top of the draft. That's the, that's the thing that I think is really going to hose them. Uh, Eric, do you got any more Panthers thoughts? Well, I mean, Pan- I, if you took the best team in the division and just crapped all over them, 
Uh, I have this team at a surprising seven wins if Baker Mayfield is their starter. I yeah. I like this roster. I don't think that they're going to be that terrible. I think Matt Rule probably does lose his job, but um, yeah, I'm a, I'm right there with you. I'm at eight and nine, and I same same thing. Like they're it's an okay team. Like they 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 have the talent to be good. Like McCaffrey rules. Like I think we just all McCaffrey's forget getting old. That's how he is. How good. How good he is! He's twenty six. Like it's, he it's not over for him. Old. He's got he's had he's so got many three years, years left. He's yes. old. He's got he's got hey. two left, and none will be like any of the so, years previous. So do you know do you know what do you know who he reminds me of in terms of like having lots of injuries and then kind of like at the beginning of his career, but they all are kind of random, and then and then they just he's just going to suddenly stop having injuries. You can say Frank Keenan <laughs> Keenan Allen. Oh. Keenan Allen, like 2015, 2016, remember he had like lacerated kidney and like all these weird injuries and everyone was like, oh, Keenan Allen, he's injury prone. Keenan Allen has played in 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 14 games, 16 games. Like he's he's basically just like 100 percent. He just I think there's just sometimes these guys who are just really unlucky at the beginning of their careers and then they then they're fine. But this team sucks also, so I wouldn't be surprised if he just fakes an injury to not have to play. Um, <laughs> eight, 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 and nine, eight and nine. I'm sticking with eight and nine. Kevin, what you got? Uh, I also have him at eight and nine because I could see if I end up being wrong about rule and he ends up being able to stick in the NFL, then they're probably going to win about 10 games. But the talent on the roster is going to prevent them from losing 12 games again. Like, it's just too good of a roster. Yeah. All right. So uh, now we're going to go to the Saints. The Saints last year went nine and eight. I looked at that one a couple of times, too. I was like, dang, they were that good. Uh, they started off the season really hot. So the Saints last year in nine and eight, they added Tyran Matthew, Marcus May, Jarvis Landry and Andy Dalton. They lost Teron Armstead, Marcus Williams, Trevor Simeon and Ty Montgomery. They drafted Chris Olave, Trevor Penning and Alante Taylor. Seahawks connection. They are the home, the tight end room for them. Taysom Hill. Uh you know, I don't know. Taysom Hill, uh, Adam Troutman, and Nick Vanette. So there you go. Nick Vanette, our boy, uh, representing in New Orleans. Eric, the Saint, is the Saints finally going to have like a really bad year? Or uh, are they going to be, are they, do you believe in Jameis and LASIK Jameis? Is LASIK Jameis your dude like me? <clears throat> no, I mean, okay, so what? They got Michael Thomas coming back, right? Mm-hmm. They got Chris Olave. Uh, great, I mean, great pickup in the draft. Uh, and they have Jameis Winston, Jarvis, Jarvis Landry too. And Jarvis Landry, yeah, uh, uh, slot, it's kind of slot-ish receiver. I mean, they yeah, put him in the so slot, they, they, they kind of have all slot receivers. Is is part of the problem? But Jar, Jarvis Landry, I, I think it's crazy how cheap he came over. Like, well, I mean, he obviously just wants to go back to New Orleans, right? Be well, back I, in Louisiana. And it's and the uh, well, yeah, it's the Cleveland Browns discount because he he went to the Cleveland Browns and lost his way, and so he he is now getting paid less to play for the saints. Um, I, I think this team's okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm interested to see how far they go because last year they won. I don't know, probably two more games than I thought they'd win. I'm not a Jameis mm-hmm. believer though. I don't see how this team can win. Like what is it? 10 wins. 11 wins is a playoff spot in the NFC. 10 might I, be. I think 10 is too. Okay. So you think 10 is, I don't see looking at the schedule. And with the amount of like trust I have in this in this overall just team from how they how they uh, throw the ball with Jameis to how much they run it to who they run it with um, their defense still looks good, but man, I, I just don't see ten wins with this team. I don't I don't I don't get it. Sell me on that if you got it. So Jameis Winston last year, Jameis Winston in seven games last year went five and two. 
completed about 60%, 59% of his passes, 14 touchdowns versus just three interceptions, had 7.3 uh, yards per attempt. Uh, I think Jameis, and, the, and I want to stress this, their wide receiver core last year was Garbo. It was pretty bad. I cannot express. They played guys that I have not thought about in a really long time. Like they were like Kevin White was getting snaps for this team. I have not thought about Kevin White in so long. And it's like Kevin White is 30 now. He has been on like eight different teams. How is he still in the NFL? No one knows. <laughs> but he was getting snaps last year. It was like Kevin White, Marquez Calloway, Trey Quan Smith, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Like they were just throwing whoever they could get out there. And I don't know, man. I just I was impressed <clears throat> with Jameis. What Jameis did, especially considering he went from basically best offensive weapons in Tampa Bay, right? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to worst offensive weapons of all time. And I don't and his production was not super terrible. So I think Jameis can be fine. Uh, they also have a good backup if his knee is just too messed up. Andy Dalton is serviceable. He he's fine. He's better than Geno Smith. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if we were going in if it were Andy Dalton and Drew Locke, I would be fine with that. Like that Andy Dalton provides you a nice safe floor of mediocre, boring quarterback play. They have the deep Jordan Cam Cameron Jordan's awesome. Marcus Davenport's awesome. Their defense should be good. And also bring in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew to play safety. Good, good job. Nice, nice work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I thought like, oh, losing Marcus Williams might have a big impact on this defense. Oh, we got Tyron Matthew for cheap. And it, it sucks to lose Teron Armstead, but their offensive line is not bad. They've got they've got dudes here. Ryan Ramsick, um, Scissors Reese could make the jump. Trevor Penning is a good, really strong prospect. I, I like what they're I like what they're doing here. I'm I'm what a about big their fan. head coach. I mean, let's think, not no. forget Sean Payton is out. Dennis, yeah, Den uh, uh, Dennis. So they got Dennis Allen. Allen. Dennis you. Allen is a continuation <laughs> of what they what they were trying Double to do D's before. Dennis Allen, yeah. Uh, Pete Carmichael and Chris Richard are good. I think good coordinators. I I don't know. This is it. Just seems like a, they have like the there's like a the system thing here going on, right? Like the 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 foundation is strong still. They're still Saints football still, and they got guys to come here for cheaper than you'd expect. I mean, the Matthew contract just feels like kind of a steal. The the Landry contract feels like kind of a steal. I I don't know. They they do a good job, and they really sell people on I don't know living in New Orleans or something. I I kind of like what they got going here, and I think they'll be better than people expect. Anyone burying New Orleans is going to be surprised this season. Do I think. so at what your you own risk for sure. Yeah, that's uh. I mean, they've got. I think their defensive backfield is really, really strong. Uh, Paul Zanadibo came on and was uh, good as a rookie. And then you have Marshawn Lattimore, who is kind of a big game player. He has fade games. And then uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson is like just the worst to play against. He's just an absolute jerk. <laughs> and so you have that to go with Honey Badger, who also sucks to play against. And Marcus May, when healthy, is very, very good. And then you have the pass rush that Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport provide and Peyton Turner going into year two, which I know uh, we were pretty excited about what Peyton Turner offered as far as upside goes as kind of an oversized edge and putting him with Cameron Jordan as a guy you can kind of take notes from is a great thing. I think uh, I, I did a deep dive on Zach Bond just to see if like they figured him out because I like I was a player in the pre-draft process. I was like, man, if someone can just figure this guy out, he could be really good. 
great special teamer, bad at everything else. Maybe the worst linebacker in the NFL last year when he played linebacker, but very good in special teams. Probably not what you want from your third round draft pick, but nope. But at least they have. I could see him actually getting converted to playing more like third down specialty pass rusher role. He should be playing Leo for sure or something like that. Uh, yeah. Demarco Jackson that they picked up. Uh, one of those small school kids I think is really interesting to bring in as a guy who can learn behind Demario Davis, who's been kind of the, the heart and soul of that defense. Pete Warner was good last year. I think this defense is going to be another really like, I think it could be another really good defense this year. They just, they wake up in the morning and have a good defense. That's what they've been doing for a few years now. So my questions are all on the offensive side. I think Jameis Winston can be a top half of the NFL quarterback this year. So then the question becomes, what about the pieces around him? Alvin Kamara is good, probably could stay healthy. Bringing back Mark Ingram gives you a floor. I also think Abram Smith, who they picked up as a late round uh, or as a UDFA. A UDFA, yeah. Um, he's kind of another one of those punishing, like run straight into your chin strap kind of guys. The Kamara um, suspension is like a huge wild card. I'm going to admit that. Yep. Like if he's suspended for eight games or something crazy, because, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is like fight someone on videotape. Um, the second worst thing you can do is is sexually harass 30 people or sexually assault 30 people. Well, that's probably so, fifth on the list. That's fifth. Yeah, it's probably that's farther. Clearly down, pretty but, far down. But, it's behind. Like, Marley Bet- Betts is number two, Nathan. We saw what happened with Ray Rice when you get when you beat someone up on videotape. And that's what Alvin Kamara did. So I, I don't I don't know exactly. The suspension is coming. Right. We, we're it, He's not going to get he's not just going to get nothing. I don't I don't think. And so, that is impactful as far as what things are going to look like. Uh, like you could patch together a backfield with Mark Ingram, Abram Smith, and Malcolm Brown, but it's not going to be as good as anything that has Alvin Kamara in it. Um, wide receiver room, what they're rolling five deep with capable wide receivers. Michael Thomas, if he's able to be healthy. Chris Olave um, is a solid outside wide receiver. Jarvis Landry is a good possession guy. Marquez Callaway uh, can get a big play here and there. And Tracon Smith is a solid receiver to have in your rotation. Yeah, if Marcus Callaway is your David Moore, it's fine. Last year, he yep. was supposed to be their DK Metcalf, which, exactly. was, which was a problem. <laughs> uh, so my big thing is I am not a Trevor Penning believer. I do think at best he's going to take a couple years to get there. And if they're leaning on him heavily at left tackle, that is a bad thing. So um, my questions are actually on the offensive side of the football. Uh, I think that might drag them down for a little while. But as the season goes along, as some of the things gel, I just feel like this is one of those teams that might start off a little bit rough and kind of pick up steam as things go. So James Hurst, James Hurst was pretty good last year. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there, too. Like, they they don't need Penning to be the guy. Like, James Hurst was fine. Yeah, like, he was, he had a, his PFF rating was 70, I think. And, like, that, I mean, yeah, he was good. Like, they, they don't need Trevor Penning at all to have a good offensive line, in my opinion. So, I had them at, uh, so, they were 9 at last year. And this year, I have them at 9 and 8 again and competing for a playoff spot. If you, I would find it more likely for them to be 10 and 7 than 8 and 9. But uh, nine and eight is what I'm going with. I also have them at ten and seven. Or I mean, I, I have them at ten and seven, and yep. they're in the playoffs for me. I also have them at nine and eight, Kevin. All right, yeah. So we're all thinking Saints pretty solid, but fringe play, fringe playoff contender. Let's go to a real playoff contender: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who went thirteen and four last year. They added Russell Gage, Akeem Hicks, Julio Jones, and Kyle Rudolph. They lost Alex Kappa, Jordan Whitehead, OJ Howard, and Ronald Jones. They drafted Logan Hall, Luke Gadecki. Rashad White and the Seahawks connection. Uh, Cyril Grayson is their special teams ace. So Seahawks <laughs> ace. legend. I always love, but spe- I always love Cyril Grayson. 
he has like a special place in my heart. Um, Kevin, start us off. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so is it just like how they get Shaq Mason for nothing? That's not but, cool. Hey, hey, I can I can sum this up in a word. Do you want me to, do you want me to sum it up for you? Yeah, I already know, but go ahead. Yeah, good, <laughs> good. Tampa Bay, good. <laughs> Very good. This roster, good. I don't like. It's like yeah, they it's lost like, guys. They lost guys, but then they replaced them for like with cheap. They, I don't know how they do it. Like they're just it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, and then uh, so Luke Gedicki is a guy who I think could step in at that left guard spot and be really good right away. I just man, they're they're roster's really good unless Leo I Jones mean, signed with him like they, they let Alice Cappy walk away with Robert Hainsey as like the the succession plan they know what they have there I would trust that Tom Brady is like a million years old he's not going into a season with an offensive line that can't protect him because he knows he can't go anywhere right he's a statue so Tom I, they know what they have Hainsey's going to be fine there's yeah. there's no way there's no way that guy's not good. Like, so I, out, I just, and they get Akeem Hicks. Like they pick up yeah. Logan Hall and they don't even need him to be good. Yeah, they can you just not play because they got Golston and Hicks. You know, they got they, Zion McCollum, who I thought was a lot like Tariq Woolen, except I like Tariq Woolen more. He's a guy who has a ton of traits and he can play behind uh Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean this year. And like then they sign Logan Ryan who could play who could back up Sean Murphy Bunting. Or could and but they already have Ross Cockrell to do that, so he could also back up like pre safety. This is like dumb. It, I if hate how deep a weak, this roster is. If there's a weakness to this team, it's like secondary kinda, but even their secondary is really good. <laughs> like it's like I'm just like like I'm I'm nitpicking if I really say it's a weakness. And apparently, like Julio stepped right in and like instantly created rapport with Brady. So yeah, even if Godwin's not ready to go out at the beginning of the season, well, they'll roll out Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and Russell Gage, and uh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I just like I, I hate I hate how good this team is. It's really hard to like here. Here's how they lose. Tom Brady blows out his ACL in week four. Like that's how they're bad uh, because they don't really have a plan behind him. Because here's uh, the thing. Blaine Even Gabbert if it's sucks. Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert, they're still a fringe playoff team just because the rest of the roster is so good. Right. It'll be like the Matt Kyle Trask. It'll be a Matt. It'll be like the Matt. Kyle Trask can't throw down field. But that like, was that was yeah. just a Blaine Gabbert. Knock. I had to <laughs> had to take more. I see him. Uh, yeah. This. I. I don't. I'm. I hate. I hate how good this roster is. Is, is there something that stood out to you when you looked at the Bucks, uh, Eric? Uh, yeah. Everything you said. Uh, great players and Tom Brady. Guys, I got a cool hot take here. All right, listen to me. Ready. Uh, this week, uh, Tom Brady retweeted something. I don't understand the tweets. Uh, Max Kellerman three years ago said that uh, Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff. And just start to suck. And uh, Tom Brady God, was this... like, ha ha ha, uh, it's not true. And guys, I'm going full Max Kellerman. This is it for Tom Brady. <laughs> this is sure, okay. the reason why I'm doing this is because it's boring if I don't. So, guys. <laughs> you know what I like? I like that they have a more likable hey. head coach. Hey, uh, Tom Bowles I, I would have said. Replaces, <laughs> That's very true. Replaces the, fucking, the, the stupid hat. I, I, people say, people say that. People say that uh, time, Father Time remains undefeated, but Tom Brady's really pushing it. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's really pushing it. Like I don't Remember know, the old Father Time bomb when he drops dead right after he retires. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> time maybe, maybe Father, maybe Father Time is a, taking an L on this one. All right, I got twelve and five Buccaneers. Um, they're good. They're real good. I also have them at twelve and five. Yeah, 
Yeah, you guys are uh, clearly underestimating 13 and 4. Yeah, unless I mean Tom, my Tom Brady could, prediction comes true and then any number and up to any a number up to 15 I would have been fine with. <laughs> okay, just, so, just so deep know. behind the curtain, uh, I've mentioned this before. I very rarely go over 12 wins or under four losses in preseason just because like those are outlier seasons when they happen. Yeah, if you would have said 15 and 2, that would have been like cool. Like they're super good. They're this is a great roster. I mean, yeah, they, they could just they could just get old in a hurry, right? If if that that's the way they lose, uh, Tom Brady just doesn't look the same. But I just at this point, I refuse to believe it. Like it's bet against him at your own risk. I guess it sucks, but it yeah, is what it they is. They would what need? Uh, I'm not gonna say Mike Evans because Mike Evans still looks like a freak. Uh, they would need like Donovan Smith, Tom Brady and Levante David to all get really old simultaneously in a way that's a statistical outlier from everything else they've done. And then at the same time for none of the young new players to be able to step up. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, it's tough, man. It's tough out. It's tough out in these, in these, uh, in these streets, streets. streets. Yeah. We got ne- next week. We finally, uh, we finally can get, we finally, finally can get back to, uh, to the, our division. Finally times, guys. can come back to, oh. and then we'll have preseason games to talk about. Although I already heard that uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etchin are not going to play in the, <laughs> in the Hall of Fame game. So it, <laughs> and uh, preseason football already off to a, a roaring, a roaring, uh, entertaining start. Here we go. Thank you to those who support the show. Head over to only twelves.com or uh, punthub.us, right? Yep. Uh, Patreon.com slash Seahawks. For as little as dollar twenty four a month, come support the show. Join the Discord. I'm just gonna tell you, you could sub, you could go for one month, and then you're basically in the Discord for life. I'm not gonna like kick you out or anything. So, so, so just just a, just a heads up. All right, thanks to those who support the show, uh, month after month. Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Floctimus, Greta, James, Joe, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike. Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and our newest uh, patron, of course. Oh, one shoe pick six. I just wanted Eric to do that too. Back down to sixty-eight guys. <laughs> so someone, someone, someone uh, had to cancel because they said that you know it's hard. It's tough times. It's it's hard in these streets. You know what I'm saying? It's hard in these streets. So uh, you know, get us back. about hard times, baby. Oh. Get us back to sixty-nine. We need one more. All right. Uh, movie club releasing this week, Friday. We are all very excited about the pending release of Prey, uh, the kind of... Um, Predator 5, right? Say, Predator 5, that's uh, like a set... It's a prequel. It's set in the, uh, the a past. A super prequel? Uh, set in... Uh, <laughs> it is, Kevin. Yeah. So uh, it is directed... It is the second directorial movie of Dan Trashenberg, so I thought it'd be great to talk about his first directed movie, the, I think, sublime, the wonderful 10 Cloverfield Lane. A movie that so Cloverfield is a, tr- I guess technically a trilogy now, right? That's what they would there, say. You've got there's, Cloverfield. There's three of these movies. So we got Cloverfield. Cloverfield was a uh, a found footage film. Uh, a found footage kaiju movie. I really liked uh, Cloverfield. I think it's like very underrated. People. Um, then we had Ken Cloverfield Lane. And then we had the Cloverfield Paradox, which almost didn't seem like it wasn't going to come out because it was pretty bad. <laughs> and then it did come out and lo and behold, it was uh, pretty, pretty There was bad. just a lot of weird stuff going on. And I, there were, there were like, rumors that a quiet place is going to be a Cloverfield movie. 
and mm-hmm. it would have fit in way better than the Cloverfield Paradox. One thing I like about Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane is they both, they both, um, they both put a spin on like a kind of like a genre. So, mm-hmm. um, so Cloverfield is like a spin on the the uh, found footage movie, right? The found and the spin on the monster movie. One thing that's cool about monster movies is, um, they you know when they finally show the monster and like yeah. i think 10 Clo- cloverfield did a great job of that like creating a, a high level of fear with a bunch of stuff that's happening but you never totally see the monster mm-hmm. and it makes sense because people are just filming this with their phones or small cameras or whatever right and then you uh when you finally see it in the from the helicopter at the end it's like oh dang it's pretty sweet so um that's pretty cool this is like trapped with the killer you know like the, the that that trope of like you're trapped with a uh with a murderer kind of thing uh, that the uh, you know split kind of did and stuff like that. There's other movies that have kind of fit into this genre recently, and I I really I really love the, what they did here. So I'm gonna give uh, Eric. I'm gonna give you first first uh, first crack here at a uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, did you okay? Did you see it right when it came out? Is I it did. Like a, <clears throat> okay, yeah, me too. So what what did you think when you when you saw it? Okay, so you guys can tell me if I'm wrong about this only because of dates, but I think this came out after the Cloverfield Paradox. No, no bef- before 2016. Oh, sad. See, that makes me that makes me sad. That is my uh, that's my memory playing tricks on me. <clears throat> it makes sense that I'd be really excited for this and not so excited about the Cloverfield Paradox. Um, when I saw this movie, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I just watched Cloverfield all the way through like six months earlier because it was a movie that I had, you know, I'd seen here and there. And I know you'd always really liked it, Nathan, but it it. I wanted my monsters to be like, I want to see the monster more, you know, mm-hmm. um, you want, you want Kong skull Island. Yes. You don't want yes. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or Godzilla too. So, uh, I don't know. I like how this movie didn't focus on the monsters. There were monsters out there and it was pretty cool. And you saw them kind of, um, you know, you had to wait, but, uh, the whole creepiness, uh, that Mary Elizabeth Winston has to go through with, uh, one of the greatest actors, uh, that I think we'd all agree with John Goodman. Oh, yeah. Goodman's putting in work in this movie. Oh, so totally. Good. Yeah. And uh, also all the radio actors, uh, the people you can hear on the other line, uh, Bradley Cooper in a cameo role at the beginning. Uh, these are like, I think the, the co MVPs of the movie. Cause they really do a lot of world building and things you don't see. And um, I don't know. I thought this movie was really well done. It was a different kind of sci-fi horror movie. And Totally enjoyable. Not anything that I expected it to be, but it was uh, really enjoyable. So there's like a there's like a scene in this movie uh, that I think like really sums up the movie. Um, And it's like in a way that like so there's a there's a scene in this movie. So there's first of all, there's three actors in this movie and they're all putting in just they're putting in a shift. John Goodman is incredible. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is incredible. John Gallagher Jr. as Emmett is incredible. Like these three people really did a fantastic job. Yeah, there's a scene stage in this... play feel where they all have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Right. Because there's it's ultra, it's like an ultra low budget thing, right? Uh, it's like there's like a it's just not that much going on in this movie. There's you know, one big kind of com- one big set, but the, there's not a lot going on. Anyway, there's some part in this movie where em- Emmett is apologizing to Howard. <clears throat> and then you th- you think like uh, you, you think like they give these really like 
uh, John Goodman, he's apologizing to him. And you think John Goodman like accepts the apology and it's like, oh, and it feels like a weight's lifted off of your shoulders. I think at that point in the movie, because at this point, John Goodman is very menacing in the movie. Uh, and then he just shoots him. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. whoa, like, like that, that, like that moment in the movie is, is just so, so much. It's like the kind of the perfect, I don't know, encapsulation is like the John Goodman is so menacing and then is able to, and put all these people, put these two people like kind of just through it. Right. And I, I don't know, I love this movie. I think it's so good. Yeah. John Goodman's slow slide of instability in this is really, really good. Like from the beginning, like uh, originally he's helping out and you think he's kind of like that, just kind of clumsy, every manish character who's doing the best he can. But then, you know, there's hints, there's thoughts. And you're going like, okay, is it, is it the extremity of the situation? And they do a good job of kind of leaving those questions open. And they let you collect more and more pieces of evidence as Mary Elizabeth Weinstead's character does. So that like by the time uh, Michelle is sure that like the situation she's in is bad. Uh, the movie turns and it goes from the threats are primarily outside the threats are primarily inside and i think that's something the first two cloverfield movies did really well was the first one it had your kaiju tropes it had your found footage stuff it was a good people movie uh the beginning of that movie where it's setting up all the friends and everything for the going away party um a lot of movies that part ends up being boring and in that movie it felt like a very nice character introduction and it gave you a reason to care about things you had a good idea about some of the dynamics so that as the movie played out you felt like you were adding to what you knew about these people and uh the human interactions were really good that's something it because that was more what the focus of the movie was on kind of like how uh war of the worlds the um the Tom Cruise one is kind of about the interaction between him and his kids. Uh, the Cloverfield movie was about the interactions between this group of friends. Um, this movie is about the interaction between these three people in this tight, tense situation. And you do get those monster movie moments towards the end and at the very beginning. But like in the middle, it's just all about these well, three people. Even in the beginning, it's not it's not a it's not her that it's not a monster that wrecks her car. It was uh it was John Goodman or whatever. The one thing I like about this movie is that it's like um it's like when you put the pot on the on the stove and then you stick the lid on it and it slowly comes to a boil. Uh and at the end of the movie, like literally like when she dumps the acid on him and he's still like alive, oh, I forgot but, like, about that. but like all so but he's all but he's all jacked up, you know, on uh, the acid and then she gets in she when she gets to the car and I like that the ending too, where they have like a radio broadcast says like, hey, you know, Baton Rouge is where it's safe. But if you have combat or medical training, go to Houston and she turns towards Houston. I don't know. I thought that was like cool. Like she's like, yes. you know, not she's she's ready to fight uh, against these like <laughs> um, the alien threat or whatever. And they show that big alien ship in the lightning, too, which is sweet. Yes. And the movie is 104 <laughs> minutes. I think that needs to be noted. It's a slow burn that's under two hours. Good job. Yeah, they, they do a good job just ratcheting up the tension. There's so much. There's so many little things in this movie that that John Goodman does or he talks about that just kind of keep you. It makes him so, so creepy and so menacing. And uh, the, the the drip they give you of information, you know, kind of helps that, you know, makes you uncertain of who's telling the truth and who's lying. Right. And I, I kind of like that as well. Yeah. Um, 
don't know. It's an awesome movie. I think if you haven't seen it before, you should watch it. It's worth watching. And sorry we spoiled some of it, but it's like a six-year-old movie, so <laughs> deal with it, I guess. Um, also, so, you can yeah, know what's going to happen, and you'll still enjoy it. Any Anything else, guys? No? Yeah, no. no. Uh, oh, yeah, Eric, what's your favorite ice cream truck treat? I don't know uh, if you listened to last week's episode. No, I didn't. Or not. Because uh, I'm not driving right now. Um, we, did, we, did a, we did an ice cream truck uh, kind of uh, retrospective uh, around the death of the Choco Taco. Yep, uh, I list. Oh, man, I got to listen to that because that's important to me. Ice cream sandwich, probably. Ice cream sandwich. That's good. One. I, I picked, I think Chip Witch is my favorite thing in the ice cream truck, but there, there's several, there's several uh, S tier choices. I can't wait to, for you to yell at me in the Discord about what, which, what our biggest mistakes now. All right, for, <laughs> for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you all next week and uh, go Hawks.